Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to episode 57 of the G-Man Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vaccarelli, and today I am joined by a much familiar guest to this podcast, Dylan Waxman. Yes, um, you would think that that might be the intro for every episode, because I am on a lot of these. Uh, yeah, we're here for the second straight day. Um, I have one coming out that I think you will be on, assuming you want to, on Friday, maybe this weekend. Uh, let's get into it. Yeah, all right. So today is the one-year anniversary um, of the Human Journal podcast. This podcast was started um, last year, obviously, on April um, 28th, where we recapped um, the Giants' uh, first-round draft picks. And today we are going to be wrapping up the Giants' um, 2020 um, offseason as a whole, um, everything from um, staff hirings to free agency to the draft um, to – some other news surrounding the Giants right now. Um, We will get into it here in just a moment, but first we need to thank our sponsor for this episode, Chris J. Vaccarelli. If you're a small business and you're looking for an accountant to help with your tax needs, call Chris J. Vaccarelli CPA. Chris J. Vaccarelli, we don't forget about the little guys. Big thanks to him for sponsoring this episode, and we will get into it here. So, like I said, we're going to be covering everything from the staff um, to the draft to overall um, on this podcast, as well as we will take a look back um, at the um, predictions we made for the Giants offseason uh, back in February on President's Day weekend. Um, so we will take um, a look back at that and just see how they aged. Um, so, yeah, so first we will start with um, other news surrounding the Giants. Um, the first is that um, Marcus Golden has been placed under a um, unrestricted free agent tender for the Giants. What this basically means, you don't see teams use this a lot, um, but basically what it means is Marcus can continue to negotiate with any um, team that he would like um, up until July 22nd. At July 22nd, um, if he is still unsigned, um, he can only um, continue negotiations with the Giants. So this is interesting. I think it's probably... um, the right move if you're the Giants, especially considering that there hasn't been many rumors that he's been in continuous negotiations. So I think that this uh, seems like a smart move for the Giants. Uh, yeah, I think he was kind of by far the best defensive guy last year. Um, I think it'll be good to have him back. Yeah, for sure. All right, and one more thing before we get into it here. Um, Evan Ingram and Jarrell Peppers are still on rookie contracts, and that means that the Giants will have to make a decision on picking up the fifth-year option. Dave Gettleman said during the draft that they will make um, their decisions this week. Dill, what do you think? Would you like to see them pick up the fifth-year options on both? Um, yeah, I think especially for Peppers, just because he is at least a talent on the defense. Um, we have not seen Ingram say healthy whatsoever, but I think he is a good player when healthy. I think he would be helpful for Daniel Jones in the near future. I think they should resign them both. Yeah, so do I. I think even with injury, Evan Ingram's um, injury concerns, I think still on the rookie contract, I think it's always best. I mean, unless, I mean, for the most part, most teams will keep, pick up the fifth-year option unless it's, you know, basically a bust. But I think when you have two um, probably are negotiable, um, arguable Pro Bowl talents when healthy. Obviously, there are a bunch of injury concerns with both of them. 
um, I think that it makes the most sense to pick up um, both options for the Giants. Yeah, I agree. All right, so um, now we will move on to kind of what we were talking about. So um, the first thing that we're going to talk about is the staff grades. When we um, went back on President's Day weekend, we graded um, how the Giants did um, as far as their staff hirings. Now, I went back and listened, um, and I gave the Giants overall um, a B until you gave them a B-. minus. Would you, would you stay consistent with those grades? Yeah, I think nothing has showed um, with the new coaches that it should be anything different from like an average B, B- minus, um, score. Yeah, um, I think that that is fair for both of them, um, for, or for both of us. Um, so, yeah, we, I have a B. He has a B-. minus. Um, let's move on to the free agency. Um, we, um, I gave the Giants for free agency. Um, I gave them um, a um, B+, plus, um, until you gave them um, a B- minus as, um, as well as with the staff. Um, again, would you stay consistent with those at this point when we um, wrapped up the Giants free agency um, when it basically kind of first happened? Yes. So in terms of um, the free agency part of it, I still think it's just as good. But they did add up, end up adding a bunch to their two major signings um, or their two major signings from different teams, which were James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. Yeah. Um, and they added four linebackers in the draft and two corners. I don't think that makes those guys um, worse signings just because those are still the guys at each posi- at each of their position, but I think that could potentially lower it slightly. But I would still stick with the B-. minus. Yeah, I would stick with um, a B+. Plus. Um, I think as far as um, you know what? Actually, I think I would probably move to this down to a B because I was fine with them not addressing the edge rusher need because I figured that they would find a way to address it in the draft, whether that was Zach Bond at 36 or um, somewhere else. Obviously, we nobody really expected your Tur Gross Matos and AJ Epinetsa. Um, to fall to 36, um, but and yet the Giants still did not address that. So I would move this down to a B just because they they did. So I graded with the thought in mind that they would be dr- addressing the edge rusher need in the draft somehow, but they really didn't, um, not taking one till round seven or a fringe edge rusher, kind of that um, outside linebacker type guy in Carter Coughlin. Um now let's move on. Real quick. Wait, I don't know if you recorded um, or like kept track of this when you're going back and listening, but we made like bold predictions. Yeah, we will. We will go on to that in a sec. Um, so I think what would um, and then the draft. Obviously, we both gave him a B plus. We recorded that episode yesterday. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we can go. You guys should go back and listen to episode fifty six, which was recorded yesterday where we graded them. So we both gave them B plus. Dill, what would you give, give the Giants overall on their offseason? Um, a B. 
Okay, I give them. I know technically, if we're averaging B minus, B minus, and B plus, it's not a B, um a B, but I I gotta give it a B. It was average. It was. I think there were better aspects of it, and then worse aspects of it. Obviously, the lack of edge rushers and skill position players, I think, lowered it potentially in terms of free agency and draft um signings, and I think. The coaching signings were about average. Yeah, um, I gave the yeah. So I'm giving them um a B plus. Basically, everything you said um makes sense. Um, I think that overall, some of the things that weighed it down to make it kind of slightly above average, not great. Um, was that they didn't address the edge rusher need whatsoever. Um, they didn't. They didn't. Um. I think that this the um the um fact that uh Leonard Williams um might be getting paid seventeen mil on the franchise tag, I think that weighs it down. Um obviously it um is sixteen mil um right now, but they're in negotiations as we speak to move it up to seventeen mil because Leonard Williams is arguing that he is an edge rusher, um which um, which I guess then you could say that they kind of address the edge rusher need, but I don't see him as an edge rusher. Um, and clearly the Giants don't either as they um, put the defensive tackle um, franchise tag on him. So that's interesting. That's one of the things that weighs it down. Obviously, like you said, um, the lack of improvement at skill positions um, as well as um, the unaddressed edge rusher need um, is big for me. So now let's take a look back at the predictions we made um, for the free agency for draft and the other bold prediction. So my free agency prediction was that they would not sign a single tackle. Now that's somewhat correct. Um, I mean, Cam Fleming isn't, I mean, he'll compete for the starting job, but I don't, I guess I meant that more in the sense that they wouldn't sign a major guy. I guess technically it's incorrect, but when you think about it, it's really, I mean, if we're really counting Cam Fleming as a major signing, and Dill's, yours was that they would go, quote-unquote, all out like they did in 2016. I it wasn't exactly right. I think they went probably more all out than they have in past years with the James Bradbury and Blake Martinez signing. Not necessarily all out, though, like 2016. Yeah, um, I think... All out in terms of big contracts, sure, with both Bradbury and Martinez and um, even Williams as well. I think in that sense, they did go all out. But I think um, in terms of kind of, you know, addressing all their needs um, in free agency, kind of like they did in 2016, um, they definitely didn't do that. So um, that's, you know, another one that's half correct, half incorrect. Uh, now we move on to the draft. I said that they would trade back, um, which was obviously incorrect. And you said, Dill, that they would take an O-lineman, not the best offensive lineman on the board, though, and you hit it right on the money. Yeah. Um, I did not come into that necessarily, though, thinking that Andrew Thomas was not the best lineman on the board. Um, uh, maybe I did. I don't really know when um, Thomas's stock really fell, but... Um, I'm pretty sure we made a mock draft on mine that day, and I had them taking Wills, um, which up to the point, that was the prediction by a good amount of people. Um, yeah, I think 
the prediction is right. That's not exactly, though, the sense I was thinking it in, because I didn't think we were going to be in a global pandemic where there were going to be no training camps, most likely, and the draft was going to be virtual, and there was going to be no trading, which probably um, made your prediction fail slightly. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess it's a solid prediction. Finally. Yeah. Um, okay, so now um, our bold prediction for both of us. Um, I said that um, that they would make a player trade, not necessarily just um, a, a trade involving picks. Um, that has not happened yet. Obviously, that's one that has the potential to happen in the future. Um, it doesn't really look like um, that's happening, that's going to happen right now, but obviously all that could change. Um, in an instant, um, all of a sudden, you know, nobody really, um, at this time, um, well, I guess not this time last year, but it was kind of the same situation with Odell. Nobody expected them to trade him. And then all of a sudden it only took about a week of rumors and all of a sudden he was out the door to Cleveland. Um, okay. And then yours, um, was that the Giants would come out, um, the odds on favorite, um, to be, uh, to be the favorite in the NFC East. Um, that is incorrect, as I have the latest um, odds from um, from Caesar Sportsbook in Las Vegas uh, pulled up here. So the Cowboys are plus 115 um, to win the NFC East. The Eagles are plus 120. The Giants are plus 800. And the Redskins are plus um, 1,100. Yeah, so I thought they were going to make more bold or at least better moves in free agency and then have a better draft, maybe, um, or at least to go better by, like, I think it was a good overall draft, but maybe take somebody better in the first round um, than Andrew Thomas. Plus, I think the Cowboys drafting C.D. Lamb definitely helped that, um, helped them rise. Eagles had a solid free agency, I think. I, yeah, they're not favorites, but I think I do still think they're going to win the NFC. Yeah, um, I think I think these odds, probably not the odds I would put together. I think the Giants at plus eight hundred is a little harsh, um, just because I think the thing you have to remember is, um, his I I wouldn't be one hundred percent sold on the Cowboys and and the Eagles. Um, and that's, that's four out of their 16 games, um, is between the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Redskins who aren't by any means, um, a contender in the NFC East. Um, so I think between the three of them, that makes up six of their games. Um, I think overall, um, I think, yeah, I do think that plus 800, um, is a little harsh. I think I would move the Cowboys to maybe somewhere around plus 150 and probably the Eagles to maybe plus 160 and then move the Giants up closer to the 600 range. Um, But I think the Redskins, where they are, fine. I don't think they have a chance, the Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, one more thing um, I want to get to is how would you, what would you give, uh, or I want to grade each one, of um, the teams in the NFC East, what would you give the Cowboys offseason grade? Um, it's an A. I think they had a good draft at, at best, a good first round, a solid free agency. The Eagles, um, I got to give it a C plus. 
And what about the Redskins? And then for the Redskins, um, I'll give it an A minus. Like they didn't do anything special, but they got Chase Young, which probably should have been the goal. So I think I gotta give. Okay, an so A-. I'm gonna go A minus with the Cowboys. I think everything you said um, about the Cowboys, they had a very solid draft. Um, the only reason it would be an A minus for me and not something a little higher is the loss of Byron Jones. I think that was big. Obviously, I know that you couldn't have retained Amari with for that kind of money and retained. Jones with the type of money um, that he got in Miami. So I I don't think um, – but either way, I'm giving the Cowboys an A- because that loss of Byron Jones is still big. Should be interesting um, to see what ends up happening with Dak Prescott, whether they do get um, a long-term extension done or whether he does play under that ex- um, exclusive franchise tag. The Eagles, um, I'm going to give them – uh, probably a B. Um, didn't completely love their draft. I think they had a solid free agency. Um, but I'm gonna give them B, kind of an average offseason for them. Giants, we just talked about that. Um, I give them a B plus, slightly above average. Um, offseason for the Giants, and I think Redskins. I think, well, they didn't necessarily do anything special. I think the addition of Chase Young was the goal coming into this offseason. So I think they got that done. So that's an A minus for me. Um, so, but I think overall, they definitely probably could have done better, maybe made a little bit more of a splash in free agency. Um, their draft was solid considering they got Chase Young. That's really all you need to do to get to have a solid draft overall. Um, but I think that, um, so yeah, those are my grades. An A minus for the Cowboys. Uh, B for the Eagles, B plus for the Giants, and A minus for the Redskins. All right, so that will um, just about wrap up uh, episode 57 here, um, the one-year anniversary podcast of um, the G-Man Journal. Um, I will be um, putting in episode one um, to this um, episode clip here. so you guys can listen to that. That will be coming up um, right after this um, when you're listening to this episode. So um, thank you guys for listening. I um, know this was a shorter one, um, but considering we did one two days in a row, we didn't have a ton to talk about um, relating to the Giants. Um, but yeah, Dill, thanks for um, coming on. All right, so yes. thank you guys for listening. And here is episode one of the GMA Journal. <laughs> Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome to the first episode of the G-Men Journal podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vecarelli. Today we're going to be uh, talking about the Giants draft picks in the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, Before we start, however, I would like to thank uh, our sponsor, Subway Eat Fresh. Um, Big thanks to them. Uh, So, let's get right to it uh, with the sixth pick. In the NFL draft, the Giants somewhat infamously selected Daniel Jones, quarterback out of Duke. Um, when I first saw this pick, uh, I was not happy. Uh, however, within the last uh, 24 hours or so, I have kind of talked myself into Daniel Jones. I think that uh, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, listen, if you were fine with him, with the 17th pick, I don't understand um, 
why we should be so low on this guy already. Uh, just because he was taken with the sixth pick. Um, like, I'm, I really don't think that you should give up a guy on a guy uh, just because he was taken 11 spots uh, ahead of where you wanted him to be taken. Um, I just don't don't think that's very logical. Um, so, uh, as far as his game goes, um, I see a lot of the two Manning brothers in him. Um, I see mostly Eli, but I do see a slight bit of Peyton in his game. Uh, obviously, uh, it would be very easy for him to kind of adapt to the Giants' uh, kind of system and the way they run their offense uh, because I think his game is just so similar to that of Eli Manning's. Um, however, uh, Dave Gettleman made some comments after the draft saying that he might not start for three years. I think that that is ridiculous. Um, why do you draft a guy with the sixth pick and not play him for three years? That just does not make sense to me. So, um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, Dave Gettleman has used the media to kind of really smoke screen a lot of the Giants' moves. Um, like... I'll give an example here. Like the before the Odell trade, he said we didn't sign Odell to trade him. Guess what? About a week a week later, uh, Odell was on his way to Cleveland, and uh, everybody knows the rest of that story. So um, I think Dave has done a good job, somewhat of a good job of the of uh, I'm using the media as kind of a smokescreen. I think after he makes his somewhat weekly media comments, you really have no idea what he's going to do. Um, like he said, he wouldn't force a pick on a quarterback. Um, so I guess in his opinion, this isn't a pick uh, that he forced. Uh, obviously, it is on a quarterback. So if that comment is true, then uh, I believe that he really has a lot of faith in Daniel Jones, uh, for him to believe that it's not forcing a pick. And so, um, for him to say that he's not, he might not start for three years just does not make sense to me. So, uh, anyway, as, like I said, I see a lot of the Peyton Brothers game in him, in him, uh, obviously he learned under David Cutcliffe at Duke, who also, of course, coached. Eli in college at Old Miss. So, obviously, there's going to be some similarities in their game there. Uh, Daniel Jones is really, he's really smart, uh, smart guy, high football IQ. Um, I think the, somewhat of the question uh, is his completion uh, percentage. That's somewhat eyebrow-raising there, but really, I think, um, quite frankly, his receiver's at Duke weren't that great. Uh, I think he had to throw a lot of guys open, and uh, yeah, and he had a 10% drop rate uh, well at Duke, which is obviously not good. Um, so, yeah, so uh, that's what I think about the sixth pick. Uh, I see him, you know, maybe learning for a year, maybe maybe half a year, under Eli and really just being familiar 
with how to play in the NFL. Obviously, Eli is a great quarterback to learn under with two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs for that matter. And yeah, so uh, that's what I think about the sixth pick here. So uh, let's move right along uh, on to the 17th pick. Uh, with this pick, the uh, Giants selected Dexter Lawrence, a defensive tackle out of the University of Clemson. Uh, yeah, so um, not much to say about this pick except for the fact I kind of like it. Um, I really do. I think with this pick, uh, especially with what you have, with what Dave did at six, I think you kind of had to go defensive player here. And uh, if that was the mindset, then this was definitely the right pick, definitely the best defensive player available uh, with this pick. So uh, I like it. I like it. Um, I see uh, a, a little bit of a Linval Joseph. Uh, in this guy, which uh, obviously would be great if we could have a Linval Joseph guy on our defensive line. I would much, much appreciate that. That would, that would be nice. Um, so that's what I, that's what I think about this pick. Uh, obviously they got this pick, uh, in the, uh, famous Odell Beckham trade. Uh, everybody's kind of heard about that and everybody has their opinions on that. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that right now, but uh, so that is kind of the end result of the Odell Beckham trade. Um, I mean, as well as they also got that third round pick. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, so that's about it um, for this 17th pick. Now, um, the Giants traded back into the first round. Uh, they did a little uh, trade with the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, this pick was originally the Saints, went from the Saints to the Packers to then, of course, the Giants. Now, with this pick, um, they took DeAndre Baker, uh, a cornerback out of the University of Georgia. Um, so, uh, with this pick, um, I like it. However, it is very... Um, it really opposes what Dave Gellman has been preaching, and uh, that is culture. Um, I think part of the reason uh, this kid was uh, was available with this pick is that um, I think there have been some questions about his attitude and his overall mentality about the game and how he just goes about his business. I don't think a lot of general managers... Uh, like this, but I think uh, Dave uh, either didn't have a problem with it or just would rather have a good player. Um, like I said, he's been preaching culture a lot this year, um, this offseason here, so uh, this move uh, doesn't make sense in that matter, but I mean, other than that, I like it. Um, uh, I mean, that's that. Um, I like this guy. Uh, good, uh, great coverage, um, you know, I think he'll, he'll help out, uh, Janoris Jenkins, obviously there have been some rumors that Janoris won't be on the team next year, but I'm just gonna go with the current roster now, um, 
him and uh, if the Sam Beal kid turns out to be good, um, I mean, this might actually be a half-decent secondary. Um, you know, uh, you have Jabril Peppers, obviously, coming in from the Odell Beckham trade um, safety, so that, that definitely improves the, uh, the uh, secondary, and uh, this pick does as well, and then obviously they signed... Um, Sign the other safety, uh, Antoine Bethea. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's about it with this pick. Uh, like I said, the only, uh, kind of question about this pick is that it really, um, does not go along with, uh, Dave Gettleman's, um, uh, preaching of culture. But like I said before, um, Davey likes to use the, uh, or from from the recent comments, Davey likes to use the uh, the media as somewhat of a smokescreen. Um, you know, he'll say one thing, and then uh, really, it just seems like something uh, totally opposite to what uh, to what he think to what he says uh, <laughs> ends up happening. So um, yeah, that's about it with this thirtieth pick. Uh, thank you all for taking a listen. I know this was a relatively short podcast. But uh, we only had three picks to analyze here. Uh, all we'll definitely back be back, but with uh, with more Giants talk um, on the G-Man Journal. Thank you for listening, and uh, have a have a nice day. Thank you.